Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Two Gens, Two Cents. This is episode two, Surviving or Thriving During the Pandemic. This was not actually a regularly scheduled episode. This wasn't one of the first ones that we wanted to make. But as the situation evolved so rapidly, as pretty much everyone is affected by the situation, we wanted to put out an episode. The whole point of this podcast is to be a resource. So now is probably as good of a time as any to really answer people's questions. And so kind of the point of this podcast is, if you are unaffected by the pandemic in any way, uh, you're probably having a great time on the Galapagos Islands. Uh, mm. For the rest of us, you're affected. So you're probably in one of two groups. You either were hit hard by the pandemic, you may have lost your job, you may be struggling to keep your business afloat, um, or you are were an essential worker and there's a good chance you might've gotten hazard pay, uh, you might've gotten overtime, and so now you might have more money and you're hearing a lot of things about the S&P 500 is down. I hear it's a good time to invest in the stock market. Is that true? You might not know what all those terms mean, but you're hearing a lot about how you should be doing something with all this money you saved. So whether you're trying to survive or you're thriving, we're going to answer what you should be doing uh, based on that kind of financial, financial circumstance. So either you're surviving or you're thriving. And if you're surviving... That's where I come in. So <laughs> I'm going to walk you guys through the different kind of aid packages, stimulus packages. So whether you're an individual, whether you own a business, whether you work for a business, this will help you navigate that kind of terrain um, and, and make sure that you're getting all of the aid that you might qualify for to survive this pandemic. So the big bill, uh, the big congressional bill that was passed was the CARES Act. And a lot of you probably received a $1,200 check all of a sudden in, in your bank account, or maybe you received a physical check. So that was part of the, the aid uh, that, that was given to individuals. It was a $1,200 check, or if you're married, you might've gotten a $2,400 check if you file a joint tax return. And basically anyone uh, who makes less than $99,000, or if you're a married couple, less than $198,000 receive that money. Uh, at that point, if you make more than that, you're it's called phased out, and you do not receive that money. To receive that check, hey, be real quick. Is that this year? What year is it that you had to make that much money? That, good question. So that is based on your 2019 uh, AGI, adjusted gross income. So that number, as it appears on your 2019 tax return, and that that also r reminds me, you need to have filed a 2019 or a 2018 tax return. So it could be that you didn't have to file a tax return in those years, but now you're not in the system and you could have gotten a $1,200 check and you didn't. So uh, there, there's lots of talk of a new stimulus package. So if you didn't get that first check and you feel like you should have, make sure you filed a tax return or you need to download TurboTax, H&R Block, talk to a tax professional, whatever, and get a tax return filed before the next stimulus package because you have to have a tax return on file in order to qualify for that money. So super important. So if you're an individual and you want that, that one-time check or if it gets passed again, that two-time check, make sure you have a tax return filed. Uh, the other thing that individuals received, and, and this was the, the really big one, is on top of regular unemployment, the federal government subsidized state unemployment. Normally, you receive unemployment checks from the state government that you work in, uh, that your wages are, are collected under. And now the federal government, as federal stimulus, added whatever you normally make on top of, on top of your unemployment, 600 extra dollars per week. So if you were normally getting... Um, 
three hundred dollars uh, a week on on unemployment. You now get an extra twenty four hundred dollars a month. So that was huge. Um, and we'll we'll talk about a little bit on the business side how that actually complicated things and made it kind of hard for businesses to even maintain their employee. I think the last studies show that like over sixty percent of people got actually a raise from this new unemployment. So so that's huge. So. If you got fired, um, you need to right now apply for unemployment. Your unemployment benefits start the week you apply, not the week you're fired. So if you got fired and you're like, I just haven't had time, I'll file it next week. That's an extra minimum $600 that you won't get um, because it's based on when you apply. So B, what's the best way for people to, to file for unemployment if they don't know how? So you need to go to your state um, unemployment website and uh, just Google. So if you're in California, Google Google unemployment application, mm-hmm. whatever, and it should bring you probably to the Secretary of State site, depending on how your state's different, uh, like Treasury departments are, are set up in terms of the, the organizational structure. But Google your state's name and then unemployment application. You should be able to apply online. If you have more of a complicated scenario and you need to ask some questions, you're not sure exactly how to do it, you can also call and just, just Google for that number. But you need to contact your state. You're still going to apply through your state. And then that federal amount is added on top. And, and I think as of August 1st, that federal amount was dropped to $200 per week extra. But again, they're, they're negotiating a new bill and it's pretty likely uh, that there's going to be a new uh, large federal subsidized add-on to unemployment again. So make sure you're in the unemployment system if you were uh, 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 if you were fired or you lost your job, whatever. Now here's the, the new big thing, uh, that's very important. And this is you, this has never been around before. They are now allowing un, uh, self-employed individuals to apply for unemployment. So typically that has never been an option for people who are self-employed. You have to have an employer and you need to be an employee. And then if you're fired, you can apply for unemployment. Now, let's say like, like I'm, I'm a CPA, right? I own my own practice. If all of my clients canceled and, and they're like, look, we can't afford a bookkeeper anymore. Like we're not even operating anymore. We're closed from state mandate and I lose all my business for the first time ever. I can now apply for unemployment because as a sell a sole proprietor, as a self-employed individual, I lost all my business and they're trying to help those people and subsidize that loss of income. And so if you even think that your situation might might apply wake up early tomorrow call your state unemployment um i'm also going to answer a common concern because i know some people like this that are that are strong kind of traditionally minded people and they're like i don't like depending on the government i i work for my meals you know if you're in that boat they went to school uphill both ways for sure (laughs) one yeah you walked uphill in snow and your grandparents died every every day from from some diseases, you know, that we, that we've since cured. Um, if you're one of those, it's a hard knock life type of people, please apply for unemployment. You are the type of person who has been paying into unemployment for years because you have been hold. You can look at your W2 in your last year and you can see one of those boxes on your W2 is the amount that was withheld from your paycheck in order to go to unemployment if you ever needed it. So please take advantage of that situation. There are absolutely frauds in the system. You are not one of them. If you work hard for your money and you got fired because of the worst global pandemic in our lifetime, please get unemployment and do not lose out on this opportunity because of your pride. Um, there's some unsolicited life advice in addition to your, to your typical financial advice. I, I'm a man of many, many advices. All right, so now we're gonna move on to, to businesses. 
and this is where people have a lot of questions. So if you own a business, um, whether you have employees or not, I'm going to try to help you educate you on the different options that have been given to businesses so that, that you can figure out what's best for your business. So there's been, there's been three things primarily. The first are PPP forgivable loans, paycheck protection program. You've probably heard of these. If you own a business and you have a business account, you probably got an email from your bank. I know I did from Chase that says at this date, we're going to start accepting PPP applications. Uh, make sure you send them in blah, blah, blah. So what the PPP is, is an incentive to maintain payroll and keep your employees. So here's the rules of the PPP. You apply and you have to submit your payroll documents, how much you normally pay your employees on a monthly basis. And your PPP amount that you can possibly qualify is up to 2.5 times your average monthly payroll. So if you have $10,000 worth of payroll that you pay to your employees, and, and this might include yourself, if you are like an S corporation and you're a, a uh, employee of your own company, it, you might be included as an owner in that number. So if you, you, you submit that, that payroll form, you can, if you pay $10,000, you can qualify for up to a $25,000 loan. If, if they fully accept your, your application. Now, 75% of that loan has to be paid on payroll in order for it to be forgiven. So here's what that means. If I pay my employees $10,000 a month, I can qualify for up to $25,000 worth of, of aid covers two and a half months. And now 75% of that, which I'm doing on my phone as we speak is $18,750 has to be spent on payroll. Okay. Now you might notice that that number is now less than my normal payroll of $25,000, right? So this is where it gets really tricky and I'll, and I'll try to, to, to make it simple for everybody. In order to have the PPP forgiven, you cannot lower your level of payroll. So you can't get the PPP. You normally pay your employees $18 an hour. You now pay them $12 an hour, and then you spend that money you've saved on, on rent, but you get it all forgiven because you save, you spent 75% on payroll. Even if you're still maintaining the 75%, you cannot, as the owner of that business, voluntarily cut payroll and then get the loan forgiven because they're trying to, to protect against people getting fired during this pandemic. That's the whole point of the Paycheck Protection Program is to try to stop people from getting fired and stop people from losing their paychecks or getting their paychecks reduced. But employees might voluntarily leave. There might be people who you might be an essential business that is allowed to open legally, but your employees are still nervous and they don't come back to work. And that's where, as long as you are not voluntarily lowering payroll, but you're still maintaining 75% of that total money is going towards payroll. Now you can use that money for other qualifying activities and still have 100% of the loan forgiven. And you should look online and, and find out exactly what those activities are, but the main ones are rent and mortgages. So typically people are using this loan to pay for their payroll and to cover with anything left over to pay rent and, and mortgage payments and hopefully still get that full amount forgiven. Hey, B, can you uh, just touch really quickly on paying the loan back? What does that look like? And uh, for, I guess, everybody who takes the loan, what's that look like? Yeah, totally. So for a lot of people, it's getting kind of confusing. But uh, again, this is through your bank. So in terms of kind of the paper trail, it still looks like a bank business loan. So you're going to get a, a 
stack of money uh, from, from Chase. You know, you'll see a transfer. The dream. Uh, a stack the, of the, money. the dream, you know. So you're going to see this money show up in your uh, your bank to use the scenario from before. You're going to see $25,000 show up in your bank account. And that's going to come through as a loan from Chase. You need to document everything. So hypothetically, if you do everything right, the full loan should be forgiven and you shouldn't have to pay it back because it's a forgivable loan. Make sure you document everything. I would strongly recommend as soon as you get this money, you go to your bank and you open a second checking account under the same business and you move only that money over. And now you pay for all of your PPP finances, your payroll and, and whatever other qualifying activities like rent, uh, utilities, things like that only from that account. That way you're going to have to submit documentation when this period is over. And you're going to say, here's my 25, here's my bank statement. This is exactly where my money went. 83% whatever went to payroll. It should be hundred percent forgiven because if you're going through your bank statements and you're like, everything's just mixed up and, and, and it could get really complicated where you're an essential business. So you're still open. So you're still making money. You're still paying regular expenses, but you also got the PPP. So you're paying payroll, but you can't really differentiate what expenses you paid out of your regular income versus how much expenses you paid from that loan amount. Save yourself that hassle, open a second checking account and track the PPP finances completely separately from the rest of your finances. Now, the second type of federal aid, and the second and third are both from the same entity, which is the SBA, the Small Business Administration. And so these are, are not forgivable. Uh, the, the SBA loan is not forgivable, but this is the other aid available to, to small businesses. So the SBA uh, released these emergency disaster funds. So the SBA has, has been around for a long time loaning to, to small businesses. And then they came out with this disaster lending program that basically does the, the same thing, um, but, but at a much lower interest rate. Um, and so it basically gives you the money for a lot cheaper and supposed to be kind of expedited and to give people funds quickly uh, in order to survive the pandemic. So there are two steps to this. The first is, is applying for a loan. And so you go to sba.gov, I think, or just Google Small Business Administration. Uh, right along the, the top navigation, you should be able to find disaster loans. You submit an application, and then in that application, it will say uh, at a little checkbox, it's easy to miss. Make sure you check the checkbox that says, I would like to be considered for a up to $10,000 grant. That is completely forgivable. If you receive it, it's yours. You never have to pay it back. And that emergency grant is based on up to $10,000, $1,000 per employee. So if you have seven employees, then you get $7,000 uh, if, if you qualify for the grant. And that just gets sent to you. You will almost always receive that before uh, your loan application is, is received uh, and, and um, approved or, or denied. You'll get that, that grant. And so uh, because that's supposed to be kind of emergency funding just to get you through that, that next month or whatever where they process your application. So the SBA loan um, is at a, at a small interest rate and it's over 30 years. So it's a very easy to pay, I guess I should say. Um, obviously that would depend on, on the needs of your business. You shouldn't just take a, a ton of money that you have to pay back at interest if you don't need it. But generally speaking, that's pretty low for a small business loan, especially for businesses that maybe have not really established a, a long track record of profitability, but, but need to get through this pandemic. So if you need funding, it's a pretty decent place to start. Obviously you need to do your own research, um, whether or not that's the right fit for your business, uh, but that's a pretty easy process. It's a lot more straightforward and that's because it's not forgivable. So the PPP, there's a lot more to it. 
Um, and that's because if they're going to forgive the loan, they want to make sure it's going to to places that are actually helping the economy. That's it's maintaining payroll, uh, whatever. So the SBA loan is a loan. You have to pay all of it back except for any portion that, that you get from the grant. You have to pay it back um, and make sure you do some research. They, they do release categories. There are still restrictions of what you can spend that money on. You can't just pay yourself a massive salary bump one time, blow all the money, and then and then call it a day. So make sure, based on your business, you look at those categories and see what of your categories qualify for appropriate uses of that SBA lending. So those are the three for businesses. You can apply for the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, through your bank. You can apply through the SBA, and to that, there is both the grant and also the loan. Um, and last thing is the loan, the max amount you can qualify for is six months of last year's gross revenue. So they will ask for a copy of your tax return or whatever in the application um, up to half a year of your gross revenue. Um, so one, one quick thing on that, this is a question that confuses a lot of people. On that application, you're gonna see gross revenue and then you're gonna see cost of goods sold. Cost of goods sold is not expenses of running your business. Cost of goods sold is the direct material cost of your product. If I sell a t-shirt for $20 and I paid $7 for that t-shirt, $7 is my cost of goods sold. I'm not including rent in that number. I'm not including payroll in that number. So if you're a service business, that number is zero and you don't want to try to make a mistake and overestimate that number because your amount that you can qualify for is based off of six months of gross revenue. So the higher you make that cost of goods sold amount, the lower your gross revenue is going to look after you take out cost of goods sold. So make sure that you take a good look at that number and you're only including in cost of goods sold, what are the direct material costs of products that you sell? Um, there, there, there can be kind of their combinations. You might sell things, um, shirts in your lobby, but you're a service business. Like that's what we do when we run our escape room. We have an escape room, we provide a service, but also you can buy a hat. And so there might be some cost of goods sold on there. Um, but generally service businesses are not paying uh, cost of goods sold. So there's the big picture summary for you guys. I know it's relatively, uh, dense. That's why this episode wasn't even really planned. It's not a super fun episode, this part one, um, but it's for the people who need it, who are trying to make sense. Hopefully that helps you understand all of these terms you've heard. It helps you understand what these different aid packages are, what you need to do to qualify for them, what are some of the restrictions of them, and if you do need it, that this is a resource for you. Um, a couple common questions, I guess, that get asked um, about these to wrap this up who can apply in general. So you have to be in service for a year. So uh, a year following the official date of the federal declaration of, uh, of a pandemic, which I believe is mid-February. I want to say like February 15th is what the applications say. So you needed to have been in business on February 15th of 2018. So if you just started last month, you're probably going to get denied for the PPP and the SBA uh, loans. Um, where do you apply for the SBA loans? You're going to apply through the SBA, sba.gov. Um, you can just do a quick Google search for the PPP. Remember you're applying through your bank. So it's just a federally subsidized program, but you're still going to apply like a regular loan through your bank. Um, most banks require you to have a business checking account. So you're going to go through your bank that you use. Um, typically going to a new bank for your PPP is not going to get approved. 
Um, what part of the PPP is forgivable? Remember, you have to use at least 75% on payroll and you can't make cuts to your payroll voluntarily. You cannot pay your employees less. You cannot fire your employees or reduce their hours. Uh, the whole point of the PPP is to cover um, your, your payroll so you're not supposed to be firing people and then getting free money. That's not the purpose. For the SBA, none of it's forgivable except that grant portion, which will come separately and it will come sooner. So if you get a grant, completely 100% forgivable no matter what, everything else on the SBA side, not forgivable. Um, lastly, what people ask is, should I apply for a loan if I don't need it, but I'm struggling? That's a common, common question. So I'm not going bankrupt, um, but I, we are struggling. Things are slow as we're reopening. Should I just apply for a loan for extra cushion? That's going to depend on your financial situation. You need to do a quick cost benefit analysis there. Um, figure out what your payment would be. So there's, there's no harm in applying for a loan. You don't have to accept it if you're granted. So I would say err on the side of applying. Then once you get approved, you know what amount you're approved for, then you can make a decision. Okay, what would that monthly payment be? Is that worth having extra working capital now and make that decision informed after being approved or denied? Um, but just submit an application. If you think you might need it, submit an application. You can decide if you're actually going to accept it. It's kind of like a job um, interview. Go to the interview, see if you want it, see what they're going to pay you. Even if you're like 90% sure you're not going to take the job, have it as an option. If you might need the funding, we don't know. There could be another shutdown. If you're worried about it, apply. Make sure that you know whether or not you can have access to that money. Otherwise, you should probably be looking at other backup plans. And then once you're approved or denied, then you can make a more informed decision whether or not that money and, and taking on more of a loan is a, is a good fit for, for your specific uh, company. That's it for part one, surviving the pandemic. Hopefully that was a resource for you guys. I know it's dense. It's our longest episode so far out of three. What, a, what, an, <laughs> what an accomplishment, man, out of all of our episodes. We're on our way. We're on our way. So uh, hopefully that was a resource for you guys. Um, hopefully that helped you unmuddy the waters a little bit for all of these different aid packages uh, that you've been hearing about. Stay tuned for part two, which is thriving in the pandemic. And we're going to talk about if you're not struggling, and we hope you aren't, uh, what do you do with your money and how do you start to grow your wealth and at least understand the, the situation for you personally? See you next time.